I'm Matt Swain, and you're listening to the Reimagining Communications podcast, where we discuss the opportunities and challenges facing companies on the road to optimizing their communications for the future. Today, I'm joined by Haley Wilson, Senior Customer Experience Communications Specialist at biotech company Illumina. Haley, thank you for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Certainly. So, Haley, we talk about personalization a lot on this podcast, but this is our first discussion about medicine personalized to our DNA. Can you expand on that and the role that Illumina is playing in this market? Yeah, absolutely. So, our mission is all about improving human health by unlocking the power of the human genome. So, I mean, that sounds really good, but what does that really mean? Like, what do we do? And I'm sure most of your listeners will have heard of like 23andMe and Ancestry and all these various DNA testing companies. Well, all of that testing that is being done, for the most part, is being done on machines that Illumina makes. Illumina is all about basically turning your DNA your into code. It's about digitizing biology. Isn't that cool? It's like the cool thing. Oh, definitely. And where the personalization, and this is all still very new, right? Where the personalization comes into play with that is if you're able to really look at your human genome, you can, you can digitize your DNA and you can give that to your doctor. You're just giving your doctor so much more information about you and how to better serve you as their doctor. So we're talking about like predictive analysis. It's going to guide uh, selection of drug choices. It could also help, you know, inform like what's your your proactive health management, because they're going to be able to say like, hey, Matt, I'm looking at your genome here, and I'm seeing that you have this gene and this gene and this gene, and this is going to make you likely to have this and that, and this is what I recommend. I actually think that this is the future of, of our health and our medicine. I'm so, so excited to be a part of Illumina, even in my small way, to be able to help us do that. It's really, really cool. So do you imagine that in that scenario, someone would look at my genome and say, you have these potential health problems in your future, therefore I would direct you toward this career and not that type of career? Was that part of what helps drive your job choices? I don't know. That's an interesting one. I mean, I think this is like we're pioneers, right? So this is a whole new frontier. I guess that really the imagination is, is our boundary when it comes to DNA. And obviously it takes time to put together the machines and the research in place. But it's happening really, really fast. And just kind of give you an idea of that. Back in 2004, the 2004-2003 time frame, I think it was about a million dollars to have your whole genome sequenced. And now it's a thousand dollars. Wow. And so, and, and our next goal is to get it down to a hundred dollars. And the cheaper it is, the more accessible it is. So I just think. As, as this technology becomes more accessible, really it's kind of limitless what we can do with it. That's what's so exciting about being here at Illumina. And so when you get it down to $100 to map your genome, then this becomes a, a world where why wouldn't you map your genome? Is that essentially where we're trying to get to? Yeah, exactly. So why, why wouldn't you want to have as much information about your health as possible? Because we know so much of, of your your day-to-day health is driven by your, your genes, right? So to be able to know that in advance and be like, okay, you know, you have some Alzheimer's in your family and you actually are showing some of those genetic markers. So that's going to help you better, you know, 
support your brain and your preventative maintenance of that. So I've come across customer experience specialists as well as customer communication specialists, but I don't know that I've met a customer experience communication specialist. So I'd love to learn what that's all about. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of different, right? It's really exciting. I kind of feel like we're pioneers beyond just the DNA thing here at Illumina, but pioneers in this space of this marriage between customer communications and customer experience. And really the reason why we've done that is founded in this belief that communications play such an integral role in the customer's experience and that it really makes sense for us to look at overall all of the different customer touch points and think, okay, beyond just in terms of message, tone, and voice, but you're thinking also in terms of like timing and what, it, what are the other communications that are going on with the customer? Are we sounding like the same company every time that we, we interact with this customer? So it's really, really neat. And I'll also say it helps us kind of control the communications across the entire customer journey. I think it's in, in other organizations I've worked in, customer communications is kind of often its its own world and you you have like your main customer communications that you focus on, right? You don't really look into how do invoices look and how does the pack slip look and how is this follow-up email from the field service engineer after they've gone out to visit the customer. They don't necessarily look at that stuff because it's considered very operational, right? The operations team has that and it's very transactional. Well, here at Illumina, if it's a communication, if it is some way someone's talking to a customer, whether it's in the written form or verbal form, we want to know about it and we want to be there to support that. You know, and I think it's so easy in other organizations for communications and the communicators to become order takers, right? Like, I've got this communication I need you to send out. Go. And you almost kind of become just the person that pushes the send button and not not necessarily the have the opportunity to do the whole strategy. Well, with this role where I'm, I'm sitting within customer experience and I'm rubbing elbows with my customer experience colleagues every single day, it really, really empowers me and my role to be that voice of the customer that we need to say, no, actually, I think we should look at this holistically to take a step back. What's the best strategy for the customer? And that is exactly why I'm, I'm so, so excited that we are pioneering this new design here at Illumina, this customer communications marriage with customer experience. And you hit on a really important point, which is that anytime you're communicating with your customer, you in your role want to be involved in the strategy around that, regardless of whether or not it may have seemed more operational in in nature. It's really critical to be in control of all of those communications. Totally. I'm thinking in terms of like, we were having to change our bulk pallet shippers. And a lot of our customers can be a little bit sensitive around the type of packaging that they receive because they want to make sure that whatever reagents they had or their machine or whatever was being packaged was packaged in the right way. Because there's a lot of money that they're spending on this machine. The shipping folks came to me, the logistics team came to me and said, hey, we're getting ready to roll out this new pallet shipper. We expected that maybe some customer questions. Can you help us strategize on that? And so it was more than just, I'm just going to send one email to our targeted customers. 
It was making sure that our frontline folks had talking points that they were aware of when this change was going to happen. It was making sure that there was a flyer in the, the packaging so that at the point of opening it up, that they're going to be like, oh, okay, oh, all right, this change is in intentional. I'm okay. I'm not going to worry about it. And so that, I don't think that that would have happened if we had had a separate customer communications group. I, I just don't. Because the fact that I'm, I'm rubbing elbows with all these different functional areas every single day, helping out with the, the general customer experience, it really helps me have those deep, deep connections with people at all areas of the business so that they come to me, they come to me, and we can strategize for what's best for the customer overall. And you benefit from smaller organization, but also newer organization in that you can set that organizational culture and structure out of the gate. Totally. We're kind of in this teenager phase because we're, we're really, we move really fast, but we're still early days when it comes to this super focus on customer experience and customer communication. Overall, our customer experience program, this will be a second year second formal year. So for us, there's still a lot of work to be done, particularly in terms of culture. I think in general, we're very lucky that almost all of our employees here at Illumina are very engaged on our mission. They're engaged in wanting to make sure that our customers are happy. I think where we, where we kind of step in to help that is that we can bridge that gap between how can me, I'm in manufacturing and I never actually get to touch a customer. I never interact with a customer. How can I actually influence that customer's experience? And it's up for us, my team, to come and say, like, well, actually, we all have a role in customer experience, especially you. If the manufacturing isn't right, the product isn't right, then that customer experience isn't good. Like I said, we're early days, but I think we have all of the right ingredients in place to make this like perfect culture. I think the interesting thing here is oftentimes people assume that a B2B selling environment, which is that of Illumina's, is, is less about customer experience because they're thinking about selling to an institution. But that institution is still made up of consumers and, and everyday people as well. Absolutely. I mean, to me, customer experience with B2B is so, so crucial. I'm going to tell you why. I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned one is like, these are still human beings, right? They're still subject to all of the picadellos of normal humanity, right? We all have, we're all busy. We all like to have things delivered to us in a, in a totally snackable, digestible way. And so it's very, very important to keep that focus that we're still dealing with human beings. We're not just dealing with businesses. These are, there are no businesses, they're just people, right? And secondly, think about, if we don't have a seamless, effortless customer experience for our customers, then they can't have a good customer experience for their customers, right? It's so, so crucially important that we get our customer experience right for our businesses because we know that they're doing important work. We want to support that work and we want to make it as effortless as possible for them. And from everything I hear, that's the direction you're headed is that you've thought of every point of interaction and you're making sure that anytime you're communicating with a customer, they see the effort that you're putting into ensuring that that is a strong interaction. Yeah, that's the ideal that we're working towards. I mean, like I said, I think we definitely still have work to do, 
our customers seem generally really happy with us, but we want them to be, we want them to be as obsessed with us as we are with them. And so we're not going to stop until we have obtained this customer experience ideal of effortlessness, for sure. So when we talk about customer experience, and it may be more of a philosophical question, but ultimately whose responsibility is customer experience within the organization? Well, this is going to be a little bit of a cop-out answer because I personally believe that every single employee is responsible for the customer experience. But I will say this. I think it's really, really important that your leadership, particularly the, the CEO of whatever company that you have, is totally engaged and understands the value and the ROI of customer experience. And that is another thing I will say about Illumina. Our CEO, Francis D'Souza, is phenomenal. He's as customer obsessed as we are. And so I feel like with, with him in place and with this great team that we have and this great vision, we really, really can move the needle when it comes to customer experience within the biotech industry. Yeah, and I think a, a CEO's passion also reverberates through an organization. So it, it helps drive that that culture and that desire to exceed expectations. Totally. And and because we have this this viewpoint that just because yes, I have customer experience in my title and my team has it in the name, that doesn't make us the owners of customer experience. We look at it as like we're facilitators, right? So part of the services that my team provides is journey mapping. So we'll sit down, like maybe you're, you're getting ready to open a new distribution center and we really want to understand the customer's impact on that. Maybe we do some journey mapping of what that looks like. When we, have, we also offer design thinking. So these are tools that we offer different folks throughout the whole company an opportunity to be able to really, really understand, deeply understand our customers' needs, the things that make them anxious, the things that frustrate them, and the things that make them happy. And once they have that understanding, it really helps drive the strategy on how to fix this or improve that or get more buy-in from the customer. It's really, really, really cool and fun. Journey mapping is so fun. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that if you don't do a journey map, you often find yourself wishing you had done one when some at some point down the road you realize what communication problem you had in that in that workflow. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not fun if you you never want to go out the door with your strategy and you're actually starting to interact with customers and you realize, oh no, I've totally forgotten this very important thing, which journey mapping will just kind of take care of that. And it also is a good way of getting feedback from other departments within the company because they may not realize no, you can't know everything, right? And you also don't know what you don't know. So when you have that journey mapping exercise, particularly with people from different functional areas, they're able to kind of, you really have this like synergy. I know that's such a ugh, synergy, ugh. but it's so true. When they can kind of be like, oh yeah, we can, I never really thought about that. Well, that's an interesting perspective. Maybe we can, I could bring this up with the customer when I'm talking to them about this. Yeah, some of the journey mapping exercises we've done in the past are really good opportunity, as you said, to get the right stakeholders to the table. At times, they're very well versed in journey mapping, and it's a huge head start. Other times, it's 
wow, we've never done this exercise collectively before. And like you said, it's, it's, oh, I didn't realize marketing was sending that communication anyway. Why don't we tack on this, you know, more operational message or why, why couldn't we also use that touch point to do this? So it's, it's great for breaking down silos, but also building rapport because I think Bernard Shaw said this is my favorite communications quote. He says, the, the biggest illusion in communication is that it happened. <laughs> and that's so true. Right. You may think, oh, yeah, I'm communicating really well with my logistics partner. We have a meeting every week, and we know what we're doing. But then when you do a journey mapping, you're like, wait a minute, I had no idea you guys did that. So it's really great about kind of building that rapport between the teams and just breaking down those silos and misconceptions that team may hold about another team. So relative to that quote, when we were talking earlier, you had also mentioned that you had a background in crisis communications. Has that helped to make you a more effective communicator and better prepare you for this role? Oh, my goodness. Yes. So I have about a decade of crisis communications. I, I've i touched nuclear emergencies. We've had employee fatalities. This has not been an Illuma. That's why, you know, earthquakes, wildfires, anything. If it's ugly, I probably have done something with it. That's been a big passion of mine for many, many years is crisis communication. And that, that I think that was one of the big draws for me for this role because it's so important in crisis communications that it, you are basically doing kind of like super fast, super intense customer experience journeys almost. And when you think about the importance of crisis communications, it's about speed. It's about being able to communicate quickly, effectively, it's about being able to distill a message down into snackable bits. And it's really about being cool and calm-headed. You can't just, okay, we've got a wildfire breaking out. We need to go out and um, deal with that. You can't freak out like, a wildfire? Are you kidding me? What are we going to do? You can't do that. You have to just like, you know, take a couple breaths, scream internally, and then do your work. And so I think that it's really helped me here at Illuminos, my work, is that we move really fast. We have to be able to distill really complicated messaging and, and make it snackable for customers. And, you know, when, with crisis communications, when it's done right, you really are thinking about the experience of all the different stakeholders in that crisis and how to make it better. So, you know, I often joke that I get a lot of the communication my way here at Illumina about things that nobody else in the company wants to communicate about. You know, it's oh, we're getting ready to obsolesce this product or whatever it is. No one wants to be that person to deliver that. I, I do. I like that because, yeah, it may not be something the customer wants to hear and not, maybe not be something we want to shout out from the rooftop to the customer. But if you can acknowledge the pain and say that you understand the impact and then tell them what you're going to do about it and how to help them, it can actually go a long way with improving your reputation with that customer and their overall experience. There's a paradox in crisis communications that after an event, if you communicate really well and transparently to your customers or to the public, you can actually have a better reputation after that crisis than you did before. So that to me, has shown the huge power of communication, and it makes so much sense for it to sit so closely tied to our customer experience. Oh, I'm sure. So 
looking forward five to 10 years, how do you expect the customer experience communications market to continue to evolve? I think that personalization will continue to be king. If personalization is king, then data is clean. You have to make sure that our data is totally clean, good, and can help us target our customers and target our messaging so that is relevant. Because what I am seeing in terms of what I think where the customer experience journey is going versus customer communications, I think that brevity is going to be increasingly important. You have to be really pithy. You're going to have to have short. And I know I keep saying the word snackable, but I just love it. I think it's the best way to describe it. Just have those really snackable messages because I think as people continue to get busy and that work-life balance just seems to just blur increasingly so, people don't have time to sit and, and really revel in the experience with your, your company. So being able to acknowledge that your customer journey may be short and figuring out ways to communicate effectively while doing that is going to be a challenge. But that's where I think with what we're doing here at Illumina, where we're, we're not just saying, okay, operations, you guys are going to handle the transactional comms and, and we're just going to let you do whatever you need to do and we'll not touch it. The fact that we're not doing that, we're looking at everything, the tri- every single touch point is something that we're looking at. That, I think, has to be the future of customer communication because it's going to be those little tiny touch points that add up to be the full customer experience. We're not going to have time to send them long emails anymore or long videos. So I think being able to be brief and succinct and meaningful is going to be increasingly more important over the next five to 10 years. One of the things that came out of our recent research was actually that consumers wanted, whether it was a digital communication or a physical communication, it was how can your providers improve those communications? Ultimately, it came back to summarize the important information for me and make these communications more clear. Yep. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that's, this is always a challenge for us here at Illumina because so much of what we're working on is very cerebral, right? I'm interacting with like PhDs and these people are, they have jargon and acronyms. And they, they talk in their own language. I'm telling you, it's an own, their own language. You listen to them in an <laughs> elevator. I don't even know what they're saying half the time. So the challenge is taking what they need to say, which is vitally important to the customer, and making it understandable, clear, but also just really easy to to digest. And if you don't have that, then you're not going to have the attention of the customer. We are not entitled to anyone's attention. We have to earn it. It's really thinking more in terms of what's reality. These people are busy. Let's give them snackable information in bullets or whatever that looks like. Maybe it's a 30-second video. Maybe it's a talking point. Whatever works. I love it. Haley, thank you so much for your energy, and thank you for joining me today on this podcast. Oh, my gosh. It's been so fun. Invite me back next year, and I'll be happy to tell you all about new tools and stuff that we're working on. (laughs) Sounds great. I'm Matt Swain, and you've been listening to the Reimagining Communications podcast. If you like this episode and think someone else would too, please share it, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe. To learn more about Broadridge, our insights, and our innovations, visit broadridge.com or find us on Twitter and LinkedIn.